Tsutomo, my learned disciple, I see you you put my voice for Newsweek. You put it on Newsweek and you put it on the net. Don't you know that my Kung Fu is the best? This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, themed and forgotten from... Hey, everybody. And Here we're we back. Are. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice of you to just generally greet everyone. <laughs> hello, everyone. It's like, you're like I'm answering the phone. Like, hello, who's there? Oh, hello. it's our podcast listeners. Well, it's nice of you to like at least participate at the beginning. A lot of times I feel like in these, I talk for the first 30 seconds, and then you're in the background just going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. This is how you enjoy you enjoy yeah. yourself. Yeah. It happened one year, 1994. Just catching everyone up. That's just want to make sure about. everybody realizes that's what we're doing. Yep. Once more. Because I feel like oftentimes I often start this by saying, we're doing it again. And we are. <laughs> we are. We're here but just with in case, episode. I guess people forgot. <laughs> yeah. If, if you've you've clicked to listen to an episode, we're going to give you an episode. That's Get true. Excited. They also have to he- listen to the whole like preamble of just like theme songs and nonsense. Yes. So you yes. think they would have picked up by now? Can I just say how good our theme song is? I you love like our that? theme song. I think it's great. Our public domain theme song? Yeah. I wonderful. couldn't tell you what that is <laughs> or where it came from. I, yeah. I was looking for free music and that's what popped up. That classical music is a real piece by someone. I'm you know, sure. I'll, I'll look this up for future episodes. <laughs> it's actually composed. And so is the end theme. It's by some actual person. It's not yeah. like somebody made it in their house. It's a real yeah. thing. You, I thought you might actually know because you have this background. Uh, uh, I don't. My like immediate recognition of classical music is, is poor. Oh. It's, um, it's been a while. Oh. It's rusty, I would say. Well, well, I'll look it up. I have it saved somewhere, I think. Or we'll Shazam it. Maybe that'll work. <laughs> I have no idea. That should work. So uh, in looking at the totality of things to discuss about 1994, we've already started getting into a lot of different uh, avenues so yep. far. Yep. We've talked about uh, some some sports, talked about some some politics, some dead presidents, yep. talked about some uh, TV shows. Yeah. But we haven't really tackled Talked much. about actors. Oh, we're, we're, just oh, gonna we're, we're still naming I was stuff? just going to continue to list things. We've talked about murders. We've talked about uh, prisoners. We've talked about people who were born and people who died. We've talked about all that stuff. Talked about love. Talked about love. Yeah. People who love each other. We did. And depending on when this episode actually airs, uh, we've talked about liars, but maybe not. Maybe not. But one thing we didn't really manage to talk about yet was the giant technology revolution that took place in the early 90s. Uh, maybe we'll get more into internet companies at some point. I don't know how much people want to talk about how many times Yahoo's been sold. That <laughs> seems kind of boring, even though it did start in 94. But as far as like internet jazz, there's there's some interesting things. And that's what we were going to uh, cover today. A couple of little internet hoaxes, some internet hijinks that was going on, some some wackadoos coming out trying to trying to mess with things, you know, mess with your heads. Yeah, well, I think the thing was in the early 90s, the internet was still pretty new. And so ways to be tricksy on the internet were also pretty new. Mm -hmm. And we're here to talk about some ways that people were tricksy on the internet in 1994. 
It was pretty remedial pranks, but you yeah. know, people did their best. I didn't get have the internet at the house in '94 when I was a kid. I Same. I was going to internet cafes. That was still. A, did you ever go to? Did, were there internet cafes where you grew up? There were not. I mean, you had kind <laughs> of small town stuff, but there weren't cafes where I grew up. So, <laughs> I mean, so in Scranton there was a place called Proof Rocks, which was, I guess, like a coffee shop. I yeah. I only ever went there and used the computer, so I don't actually remember what the rest of the place was. I don't. I never really went and did anything else there yeah but they did have internet terminals and you could just yeah. go and get on the internet and that was it that was that was all i had internet wise and that was probably 94 95 maybe something yeah. like that but like i didn't have an email account i didn't have anything because i didn't have a computer so yeah. i would have had to go there to check and who was i going to write to i didn't know anybody <laughs> yeah no one else had it no. no we did we did not have an internet cafe we had a school that was oh. the only place you could get the internet or or your friends' houses. Like that was how the internet started until one year for my birthday. And I do think in retrospect, this was pretty cheap. Mom and dad, they gave me the internet for my birthday. That was my gift. <laughs> That's the greatest gift you could give a kid. Well, the problem was everybody used the internet and my parents made me share an email address with them, which Ugh, was fun. Gross. Is it that Roadrunner account that they still use? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, in retrospect, that doesn't seem great. But no, I don't I, I don't really know when I first started doing anything serious on the Internet. Like I had a computer in 97, I want to say, but not before that, not at the house. So I don't really know. I remember going to like the University of Scranton and using their computers. But that was it. Like I, don't, I wasn't using computers in high school all that much. So we didn't really have that. But I do think that it was pretty funny that like the stuff you would do because there was nothing to do either on the Internet. Yeah. Like if you didn't have an email account, basically you were just going and like hanging out in chat rooms, right? Yep. Like yep. what else was there? That was it. Maybe you'd randomly run across somebody you knew or not yeah. and just lie to people about who you are. Yeah. You'd make your, your GeoCities page that had your name that spun around in a circle. Yeah. You, you could do that too. You could talk about your interests. Yeah. But like seriously, like even what websites did you go to? I remember going to Yahoo. Yahoo. Yeah. And that's it. I don't remember. I can't think what else even there was in 95. Yeah. Well, we had a small town local internet service too. Uh, the people who ran the the like internet service provider in the town was called MKL. I don't know what that stood for, but MKL. Oh. And so the main website I used, I think, was MKL.net, which oh had my. a search engine of some kind, I believe. And there was an MKL chat room. So it was all local people, but oh. just anyone locally who had that internet. So you were just it. talking to farmers? Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. That mostly, doesn't sound great. Mostly teenagers. It was like mostly people slightly older than me. No, I, I remember when we first got the internet then, when I got a computer, I think after I graduated from high school, I got a computer. That was like the gift, you know? Yeah. And we got AOL. And I've told this story literally to everyone I know. The first thing that happened when I first signed on to AOL was Princess Diana died. It was that day. Yeah. And I thought this was like a joke because I couldn't figure out like how this was the first thing that came up when I first logged into AOL. So whatever that the end of August 1997, that was yeah, it. it's crazy. The Internet crazy. is real. It's not fake. I have nothing to believe that it is. There's nothing <laughs> to back that up. Since then, nothing has been normal. It's been all just a back <laughs> of lies from, you know, Twitter in general. It's just a I bunch mean, of lies. Now it's everything. Like you find everything on the Internet. Right. Like, well, it went very quickly from you could find literally nothing on the Internet to everything. So that was what it was. Yeah. But yeah. And then little did we know how it would just destroy society in general. Oh. Uh, 100%. It's yeah. the most useful and most dangerous thing that we have. Yeah. But I do think that at least to some degree, the age of internet hoaxes is more or less over. I mean, there's QAnon, <laughs> but that's not really a hoax in the same way. That's just 
I don't know. That's that's like a cult. I would say that's more that that shares more similarities with Jonestown. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, conspiracy you know. theories and things. They could right. happen with or without the internet. They probably move faster with the internet, but it is not a internet-centric hoax, really. Right. I mean, maybe it is. I mean, without the internet, it certainly wouldn't exist. I think that's the one key thing you can point to with QAnon. There's no way that, like, they would have got enough people together in basements to let's storm the Capitol. I don't think that yeah. would have happened. That seems yeah. like too much. Anyway, let's talk about 94. <laughs> no, the, the hoaxes and the internet kind of hijinks that was going on in 94 was a lot more genteel it wasn't quite as violent and aggressive as i guess stuff has has turned into if the people who formulated the hoaxes in 94 could see anything that's on twitter today (laughs) their minds would all be blown yeah what what they did is like basically cute in retrospect like oh there was no real danger it wasn't like you know let's bully these poor teenagers into you know into having eating disorders which i think is basically all the internet is now yeah basically and also, I'm, I'm 60 years old. This is all I think. <laughs> That's all the internet is now. Kids these days. So yeah, so we have three different stories of internet hijinks to talk about. I'd say the, the simplest of these, the mildest of these, but does get a lot of credit is the Good Times virus hoax, mm, mm-hmm. which did mm. come out in 94. And I think this became fairly famous in sort of little circles of uh, IT tech type people, yeah. just because it showed sort of the gullibility of internet users. And this is early email. I don't know like what the first early email providers were. My first email account, I believe was an AOL account. Mm. And then since then I had a Hotmail account after I lost that. And I still have that Hotmail account to this day. I don't use it for much, but it does still (laughs) exist uh, circa 2000. Yeah. So the Good Times virus was your traditional email virus, right? It was an email that went around that basically said, you know, the subject line was Good Times. And then it was basically like, we're going to destroy your computer, right? That's Basically, but, I mean, but it, it wasn't really anything, if I right. understood the story correctly. Like, it was just e- an email. I think the email was actually just warning you that the virus existed. I don't even yeah. know that there was anything attached to that email. Like, it seems like it was just telling you that this was a possibility. And if you got an email with this in the subject line, not to open it, but this email did have that in the subject line to start. And that kind of proved that people were gullible, I guess. Yeah. And it was really the start of email viruses, email chains, like all of the nonsense that happens and gets spread around the internet through email. It was really the first of its kind. And I mean, it seems like obvious now that this would be a thing, but figure nobody knew what email even was like. This wasn't like a pyramid scheme you'd got in a physical letter in your mailbox. Yeah. You know, people didn't know what the hell to make out of email, I think, to begin with, or what the purpose was going to be besides just writing to somebody you knew. Because if you remember, you go back with email, you didn't used to just get tons of ads to buy stuff, which is all email is now. Yep. Um, You know, it really was just to communicate with people. That was about it. So the Good Times virus did sort of show a dark future (laughs) for what this was going to become. Inadvertently, I I don't think they they could have guessed that this is actually going to point towards Nigerian princes trying to steal all your money. Right. Do you remember what it was like when you kind of knew that somehow on the Internet your computer could get a virus and that that would be bad. Like, I just remember being like, I don't really know what that is, but I don't know what that means I should do. Like, it's just, it was this mysterious like threat that kind of hung over even younger new users, more technologically savvy people. But I remember how terrified my parents were of the computer getting a virus on our computer, even though we had literally nothing of value on our computer. It was just like my mom played solitaire and my dad rearranged files like that. I mean, there's nothing. But they were terrified and they and anytime anything went wrong with the computer, they would say, Sarah, it's those websites you're going to. I don't even know what they were referring to, <laughs> but they were like, it's you like, stop it. And I'm uh, yeah, OK. 
you know, I think it was almost like the boogeyman when you started. Like it was almost like when you were mm-hmm. a kid and they say, don't talk to strangers because they're going to kidnap you and like, yeah, and throw you in a van. Like, I think that was basically what it was because in the early years, like, I don't even know. It seems like there were like 15 websites. Like there was nowhere to go or anything really to do. It was all informational. There were no videos. Like yeah. there was nothing. So it was kind of like, what could you even, What? how bad could it get? What could you really get yourself into? And it's only then later, like in those years, then I guess between then and say, 10 years ago where you could see how just like your computer would get slow and nothing would, and things, you know, you could see it was partly just the churning of time and how things got more advanced. So computers got more complicated and then everything got, you know, this is a very uh, high level. I don't know. You know, I'm not a computer person. I don't know. I don't know how viruses work or computers. So it's going to be hard for us to talk about this, but not a super tech savvy person when it comes to those sort of things. But the other thing, just to talk about more things we don't know. The other thing I don't know is what is truly the point in the early days of giving someone's computer a virus, right? Like, but the, the stories about then how they, and I assume this is how this went, but I am making up this narrative that like, then they learned how to like, hold computers hostage and ask for money like that story where they did that a few years ago to the city of baltimore was it mm. do you remember that no. where like they uh, hackers got into all of the city computers held them all hostage and like asked for a bunch of money and i think the city paid it like i i don't really remember but i think like there wasn't really much they could do like until the hackers released the computers like that that is useful like that's yeah. how you get some money and then now like the, these email viruses email chains are all phishing like enter your password, steal your identity. Also makes sense. I see why you would want to do that. But like random, give my parents' computer a virus. I don't really get the point of that. No, I don't know either. I I really think it was just kind of for destruction's sake. It was just kind of chaos. I I don't really know because it didn't seem like we were entering a lot of personal information or buying a lot of stuff. Not in the mid nineties anyway. Yeah. Like I can't remember the first thing I bought on the internet, but it was definitely not in the nineties, like it it would have been late nineties. It would have been down the road once you got into like eBay and, you know, even Amazon existed, but I don't know how much stuff they really had to sell in the nineties. Yeah, no, I think it was just chaos for chaos's sake. I'm I'm sure there's some other, like you said, like maybe it was to get into government computers and do things, but why, why you could give viruses to regular people? I don't know what the point of that was, Yeah, but no, now it's clearly just to try to steal people's information and and their logins, steal their passwords. Yeah. For that period of time where it seemed like we were getting new credit cards every three months. Oh, yeah. Because they constantly get their websites or companies that kept getting all their information stolen. Totally. Yeah. Wonderful. And it was only then later when it was like, I don't know, in the early 2000s. It was was MySpace, honestly. Like that was when my computer started just never working. Because remember, there was so much code you had to put in to like do anything to customize your MySpace. Yeah. But the code always came from some shady place. (laughs) You always had to look it up somewhere. And it was always bad. It was always corrupted. And then the computer always went to hell. I saw someone tweeting about this the other day, how those of us who like were right in the prime time for MySpace just like kind of knew how to write HTML code. We just figured it out. Yeah. And like so that we could like bold stuff and like format our MySpace page. That, like that knowledge is just still floating around in my head somewhere yeah. where I could probably write that sort of now. Yeah. I think we were just, again, we were just at the right age. Like yeah. you had to do it just enough because there wasn't the kind of very simple interface for stuff that there is now, or there was later. It was like yeah. early 2000s. They didn't have anything. So it was I, just like, if you wanted I to be fancy I colors. I never use Facebook because I thought it wasn't customizable enough. I wanted yeah. my pink MySpace page. Yeah. Alas. We long. hung on to MySpace for a long time. We did. I still hold, and I, I I don't know that people remember this, but I still hold that the reason most people left MySpace was you always had to log in. 
there was mm. no, it never, it didn't save your password. And that was That's always the thing where Facebook, you could just, you could log in once. I have no idea what my Facebook password is because I never, I Same. never have to log in, but MySpace didn't have that until it was too late until MySpace was already a, a ghost town. That's possible. Uh, my favorite thing about MySpace was that like day that I was Jesus's number one friend. <laughs> That's right. Cause you had to rank your friends. You could yeah. rank your top friends. Yeah. And for some reason you were Jesus's top friend. I was number one for Jesus. Even though Jesus had like a lot of friends, a lot of friends. Ah, you for got a friend in Jesus. Yeah. Classic. Which is hilarious because I'm an atheist. Well done. <laughs> Nailed it. If only uh, Jesus knew. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was trying to convert. Yeah. So so to bring this all back, like we have 1994 to thank for what ultimately became viruses on the internet. So yeah. thanks, 1994. <laughs> do you think if they had just never sent that, no one would have thought to do this? <laughs> <laughs> just never would have come up. Do you think one person was like, oh, I'm going to trick a lot of people and send this email. And some other guy was just like, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> should it make just... a virus that I could attach to emails. That's brilliant. They ruined us. The good times virus. Yeah. But yeah, where they actually came up with the, what was the first like real Trojan horse virus that came out? I don't know, but it wasn't 94. They were no. still working it out. They were still yep. figuring it out on their, on their net zeros or what Netscape. I don't even know what there was back then. <laughs> Everybody was still using Internet Explorer. Oh my God. Web crawler. And yeah, there was a. There was a dog-themed search engine. Hmm. Because I I remember oh, what was that called? There was a dog search engine. Yeah, it was it was like dog it was like like Google is the brand of the search. It was a dog theme one. Was it like Dog Patch or something like that? I want to say it was Dog Pile, but that seems wrong. It could be Dog Pile. I just remember that when you you would type your thing in and when you'd want it to search, you'd you'd click fetch and it would go. Nice. <laughs> That's not really that. familiar. Yeah. I think I searched for stuff with Yahoo. I don't remember. Because I don't remember when Google got like really big, yeah. when it became everything. It just seemed like after a point, it was just Google and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'll bet there's still people who are hanging on and using it. I'll bet there's still people who search through Yahoo. Oh, my parents 100% do not use Google. Really? Yeah. Not oh, to yeah. keep referring to my parents. Sorry, mom and dad. But like, <laughs> they definitely don't use Google. I'm pretty sure. And they also have a an internet only low limit credit card. Oh, my. Getting hacked. <laughs> And it's like, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I think it's like $100. Like it's like the lowest limit credit card. And they keep being like, do you want us to raise your credit? And they're like, no. <laughs> you know, honestly, the more you talk about this, they're going to get scared and cancel that credit card. I think, yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to steal it. Now they know about it. They definitely are. It is funny though. I think like you get to a certain age and you just like stop. So I think like your parents getting into the internet when they were already like older yeah. Whatever they learned first, they're just going to keep doing. And like, yeah. I feel like I'm there like at like 2006. Like that's yeah. everything from then. Like I'm never going to not use Google Chrome. You yeah. Know? And I know people who still use Firefox, which is a, is terrible. That's like, crazy. You know. That's crazy. And I always find that amazing. But like new th stuff comes out and people are using yeah. it and I'm not using that. So. Joe, Joe still doesn't have TikTok. I'm not TikTok. Get out of here. I have TikTok. It's very do, entertaining. Can, do you want to create a TikTok for the, for the podcast? Oh. <gasps> Yes. I don't know what it would be. And I don't understand how you make videos or anything. So you got to figure all that out. Oh, am I going to run our TikTok? This is a great idea. Yeah. I want you to do that. I'm in. We, I've we never made a TikTok on board. video. Because I feel like stuff comes and goes so quickly that I don't even know what, like, is Snapchat still a thing? Does anyone use that? I don't know. I don't. I feel, I feel I like no know. one talks about that. Yeah. No one talks about it. Yeah. I think, I think it's TikTok now, perhaps. But, but with Snapchat, I thought Snapchat was more pictures than videos. No, it was both. Oh, was it? Yeah. I always think TikTok is like Vine. It is. What happened to pets.com? You know what? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, but no, I think that like there is that thing. Like I still have my random Hotmail account, which I think was always yeah. Hotmail. I don't think it was ever a Rocket Mail account. 
which was, I believe, the precursor of the same company. Right. Oh. But my AOL accounts disappeared. I had web TV for a hot two or three years, which was horrible. I think my actual first email address that was not that I did not share with my parents was chickmail.com. Oh, that's an actual thing? Not anymore. But it was like a website? It was. And there was yeah. like I remember there's like a cartoon of a of a chick. Ooh. And it was like email for chicks. I got to be honest, this sounds like an Ashley Madison situation. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a bunch of 50-year-old guys writing to each other. No, no, it was like 90, it was all at the height of 90s girl power and I was into that. So it's tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Emails. Emails. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Websites that don't exist anymore. You know how much time I wasted on e-pinions? I don't even want to get into it. Like <laughs> an outrageous amount of time. That's true. And that's gone. Why pay more? Now at Circuit City, get unbeatable low prices and 0% interest for six months on select top brands. Plus, get this Packard Bell 486SX CD-ROM computer, now $13.99. This Zenith 19-inch TV, just $197. And this Sharp 5-disc CD changer, only $249. Why pay more? Get unbeatable low prices and 0% interest at Circuit City. Welcome to Circuit City, where service is state-of-the-art. Well, I mean, again, in the general random hoax department, genteel, no one really was hurt by this, but Adorable. did create kind of a weird stir again, because I think people didn't expect to be lied to on the internet. Ah, 94. Like no one just realized this was a possibility. Yeah. Everything you read on the internet is true. That's I think to this day, I think yep. that's the only reason people aren't getting enough vaccines. Great stuff, guys. <laughs> and this isn't just the COVID vaccine. This is all vaccines. Any vaccines. Yeah. Ah, oh, boy. Yeah. I hope your kids are doing okay. So this was this press release that was put out in 94. Basically, the point of the press release, I guess, was just to kind of screw with people. But it claimed that Microsoft was going to acquire the Catholic Church. <laughs> As it seems ridiculous now, but I guess figure maybe there wasn't a ton of internet comedy <laughs> going on and they put out as a press release this wasn't through a website this wasn't like the onion or whatever they had onion style in 94 this was this idea and it's mostly i think just sort of satirize the idea of even in 94 how big microsoft was becoming so it was this big story like wow this evil empire and what can they do and this joke idea came that they should they would acquire the catholic church but here's a question i have about this like twitter wasn't a thing social media wasn't a thing then how? How did they do this? Like, where did they put it? I mean, did they just e start emailing it to people? Because that, that was does seem hard to believe, right? Um, did they start putting it in chat rooms? Like, it wasn't, they didn't put it on like Yahoo News, right? I mean, I think the Associated Press just had a website. Like, I don't know when they started really having every newspaper had their own website. But I'm pretty sure the Associated Press was in on the early part of this. Just because that was how so many, like, local newspapers or whatever were getting their big stories anyway. Yeah. We're, from a, we're from AP and, and UPI. Like that was just where news was coming from. So I, I think it was that. I think it was just the Associated Press put it out. It was just the fact that they did it, that this was clearly this fake story, this, this nonsense story, and that they got the Associated Press to circulate it. And so, I mean, maybe this points to poor journalism. Uh, <laughs> maybe, yes, maybe this, yes. this then is indicative of a lot of other things that would happen journalistically going forward. But it I just said so. that it's it just says that it spread rapidly and yeah. it was first put out online by the Associated Press. Yeah. yeah. So I think the point is both like how quickly information can spread, but also like how easy it is to get false information out there on the Internet. I mean, even to this day, I will run across like 
what what are satirical news stories that I won't realize that aren't from like the onion, but they're from something else that I've never heard of yeah. and think it's real. Like it still happens. Yeah. Um, and it's- like misinformation aside, like even satire, it's can sometimes be hard to tell apart when the world is crazy. Right. It's like it's like the line just got narrow enough that like you can make jokes, but it's like there's always that moment where you're like, what? And you're like, oh, OK. Yeah. And yeah. there's enough. Oh, this is things. a joke. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, really, in recent years, given the government situation and whatnot, like the lies became so outrageous and like that it really was hard to differentiate what was going on. Like, yeah. you know, especially when you had like Trump and Trump officials retweeting obvious nonsense but like they're so stupid they don't realize what this stuff is or they just didn't care because it just appealed to the base like this is the world we live in yeah anyway so the press release as it reads let's let's dial it back put your mind in 1994 and this is what you this is what you see this is what you hear through the magic of press releases from the associated press and it is microsoft bids to acquire catholic church uh, from the AP Vatican City. In a joint press conference in St. Peter's Square this morning, Microsoft Corporation and the Vatican announced that the Redmond software giant will acquire the Roman Catholic Church in exchange for an unspecified number of shares of Microsoft common stock. If the deal goes through, it will be the first time a computer software company has acquired a major world religion. We expect a lot of growth in the religious market in the next five to ten years, said Gates. The combined resources of Microsoft and the Catholic Church will allow us to make religion easier and more fun for a broader range of people. Through the Microsoft Network, the company's new online service, we will make the sacraments available online for the first time. You can get communion, confess your sins, receive absolution, even reduce your time in purgatory, all without leaving your home. An estimated 17,000 people attended the announcement in St. Peter's Square, watching on a 60-foot screen as comedian Don Novello, in character as Father Guido Sarducci, hosted the event, which was broadcast by satellite to 700 sites worldwide. The deal grants Microsoft exclusive electronic rights to the Bible and the Vatican's prized art collection, which includes works by such masters as Michelangelo and Da Vinci. But critics say Microsoft will face stiff challenges if it attempts to limit competitors' access to these key intellectual properties. The Jewish people invented the look and feel of the Holy Scriptures, said Rabbi David Gottschalk of Philadelphia. You take the parting of the Red Sea. We had that thousands of years before the Catholics came on the scene. But others argue that Catholic and Jewish faiths both draw on a common Abrahamic heritage. The Catholic Church has just been more successful in marketing it to a larger audience, notes Notre Dame theologian Father Kenneth Madigan. Over the last 2,000 years, the Catholic Church's market share has increased dramatically, while Judaism, which was the first to offer many of the concepts now touted by Christianity, lags behind. Historically, the Church has a reputation as an aggressive competitor, leading crusades to pressure people to upgrade to Catholicism and entering into exclusive licensing arrangements in various kingdoms whereby all subjects were instilled with Catholicism, whether or not they planned to use it. The Church's mission is to reach the four corners of the earth, echoing Microsoft's vision of a computer on every desktop and in every home. The Microsoft move could spark a wave of mergers and acquisitions, according to Herb Peters, a spokesman for the U.S. Southern Baptist Conference, as other churches scramble to strengthen their position in the increasingly competitive religious market. I mean, that is some phenomenal satire. Like, (laughs) that is really well done. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny, the idea that, like, they forced this on, like, the Catholic Church has been forcing this on people, even if they didn't want it for years. (laughs) I think my favorite part is when they refer to Catholicism as an upgrade. Yeah. 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 I don't know if there was like a general fear of Microsoft in those days then and now, I suppose. I I don't know that that's really a a thing. I mean, people do think Bill Gates created the coronavirus. So I guess this is out there sort of, but I don't know. These are also the same people who are all using 
Facebook all the time and giving all their information <laughs> to everyone on the internet. I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, we got our Bill Gates microchip. Like we're checking that box. That's but right. I, I do think that it is, it's so similar to something you would read now on, on some of the more popular satire websites. I mean, the onion obviously being the most popular, but like it, it's just, it's the same thing. Like it's the same yeah. idea, um, which I love like yeah. satire news. I think it totally works. I think it's yeah. funny. I think it's just that it came at the wrong time and yeah. really threw some some people. I don't I would be curious to meet the people who really bought that yeah. story and thought that was a real thing, but it's not a surprise. I mean, you would have to say that before the internet, there wasn't really I mean, you'd have to buy satire books or, you know, like Well, the Onion was a newspaper. Like it was a yeah. a physical yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. But there there's no way to get it out as quickly and there's no way to get it out as easily disguised as real news right yeah even like satire magazines like you go back to like mad magazine yeah. or like national lampoon like these they're still magazines i guess that was just the extent of what you could do you know there wasn't so much yeah you know accessibility so yeah but no i mean i think it's kind of funny so we looked this up because i was curious let's say for example the catholic church had been acquired by microsoft for stock what was Microsoft stock worth in 1994? So it, it stayed pretty low the entire year, um, but it hovered around two to three dollars based on my research in 1994. Microsoft stock was two to three dollars a share. Mm-hmm. That's so correct. let's say the Catholic Church had had managed to divest itself of all of its holdings in exchange for Microsoft stock. What is Microsoft stock worth today? Two hundred and fifty two dollars a share. So that would have been a big gain. That yeah. would have been they could have afforded all of the lawsuits. And everything, not even oh, a problem. It. They wouldn't so that, be as bankrupt as they are now, morally and otherwise. <laughs> so that was a Catholic Church missed opportunity right there. Yeah. Would they have put like a cardinal's uniform? Is that what you call it? Cardinal's? Sure, uniform. Uniform <laughs> on uh, on Clippy. That would be great. Clippy wearing the hat. Yeah. That would have been good. And the yeah. robe. And like, there's like a lot of Gregorian chants. Like when you yeah. when you open sites and like the 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 windows the the login music would all be this way. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah, ah, uh, uh, what a mess! It really it really all could have come together. So yeah. I think my high school would have been a lot different. <laughs> I went to Catholic high school, <laughs> so That's we would have true. had some different. I mean, maybe we would have been on the bleeding edge of technology. Yeah, uh, you might be a of, like, computer I learned how to type today. on a. I learned how to type, I believe, on a word processor. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, that would have been better. I mean, that yeah, would have been better. Probably. There are over a billion stars in the cosmos. A billion stars drifting through the infinite vastness of space. But there's only one computer that can run Windows, DOS, and Macintosh software. Our Macintosh is here. And the future is better than you expected. So, to finish this thing off, this isn't really a story like the other. The other ones are just general hoaxes. This was an actual... People went to jail. This was an actual crime tale. But I think as we've discussed, neither of us totally understand what the crimes were yep. <laughs> in reading about it. Because again, not very IT savvy in this regard. Yeah. No. So we're so, going to try and relay this story as best yeah. we can. We'll stumble through it. Yeah. But basically where, where the jumping off point for this story was, is the phrase that then got bounced around a lot in kind of pop culture and tech uh, through the 90s, 
was your Kung Fu is the best or my Kung Fu is the best. And that's basically why we're getting into this because it's otherwise going to seem like we're just stumbling around a story that we don't understand, which I think we get the facts of it, but otherwise it's going to be a little hazy. So what happened in December of 94? Can you explain? I can try. So there was some sort of hacking attack on a computer of a computer savvy dude. He was like a software person. If that's- he was a security person, right? He was like a security yeah. expert. Yeah. It wasn't just some regular person. It was there was something there was some reason for this. Yeah. So he, so this attack was launched on this guy's computer. But along with that attack, I believe he got a voicemail that basically said sent December 27th at 4:33 p.m. Damn you. My technique is the best. My boss is the best. Damn you. I know artist technique. I know send mail technique. And my style is much better. Damn you. Don't you know who I am? So this guy who suffered this attack, he not only got his computer attacked, but he got these weird threatening voicemails. Right. And so I think the key thing to this from this point in this story, because this is December of 94, Yeah, was that... This security expert had this happen to him. His There was some sort of, it was like IP spoofing or something that happened through his computer. Yes. And this is how he knew that this had happened. And he got onto the trail of a guy named Kevin Mitnick, who was this kind of big figure hacker who then ultimately goes to jail. That actually doesn't factor into this story that much. It's no. just like that was what had happened. He was the person who did this attack. And then for the longest time, they thought he was also the person leaving these voicemails because they happen at more or less the same time. But I believe the voicemails happen because of this attack. Like this attack was known enough in these circles or whatever. And that's what had happened. But then there were a series of these voicemails. There were. There were three voicemails. One, the first, which I have already described. The third happened three days later. So the first attack was on Christmas Day. Three days later, same basic idea. Your security technique will be defeated. Your technique is no good. So just like attacking and then just degrading this guy, like just making him feel bad about how effective his security technique is. But the voicemail that we want to, to talk about is really that third message that happened on in February of 1995, where the caller again called this poor guy who, again, got attacked and then got ridiculed many times, called him a grasshopper because he went in, like, talked about this in a Newsweek article, though I don't really get that connection. Um, I'll explain. Okay, thank you. And then, of course, the key line where he said, don't you know my kung fu is the best? Yeah. And that was his like way to to mock this guy. Right. Now, I believe by the time you get to this third message, Kevin Mitnick's in jail. So now they realize this is not the same person. But I think the concern was, is this person involved? Is there more threats that are coming? And it's only until you get to the last voicemail that this guy leaves that then this all got cleared up as far as what any of this was. I believe the voicemails are presented in this old Kung Fu style, like this 70s Kung Fu style. Yeah. And so that's what it is when he's calling him Grasshopper. It's from like the Kung Fu TV show oh, he, that the, the master would refer to the, you know, his, his yeah. learner as, as Grasshopper. And yeah. so that's what all of this is based on is this idea of like old Kung Fu movies. And in the Kung Fu tradition, there is this like, schools of kung fu being better than others and that's basically the basis of all kung fu movies in the 70s is very much just like our school is the best and our our methods are the best and blah 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 and so that is where this all 
comes into in this story. Yeah. But the last voicemail the guy leaves, I believe, does explain this. Yeah. Don't you know that my Kung Fu is the best? Now, my, my favorite thing about this is the person leaving the voicemail was a guy named Zeke Schiff, who just heard that this guy had gotten hacked and was like, eh, I'm just going to make fun of him. That was it. So he just started calling him and leaving him some voicemails. And he, he was also like, I used to watch a lot of Kung Fu movies. <laughs> I've read a little bit. Zeke Schiff was a phone hacker. So he was somebody who kind of still knew how to do stuff. He didn't just get this name out of the phone book. There's a, there was a system really popular in the 60s and 70s called phone freaking with the PH. And that was the system people used to make long distance calls for free and, and did manage to tap into a lot of government agencies and stuff, but through phone lines to figure out how this worked. I just read Abby Hoffman's book, soon to be a major motion picture. And he, he references a lot of phone freaking stuff that was going on, like how, because he was on the lamb for a long time. He was underground yeah. and things. Yeah. And people he knew that could do this. And so this is what Zeke, Zeke Schiff. Yep. This is what Zeke shifted. He was, he was into this, even into the eighties and nineties, even though the old phone system had more or less gone away by this point, you could still yeah. do certain things with it. Yeah. And so but this he, was his, his strategy, even though he just did this to screw with the guy. Yeah. He wasn't trying to actually do anything or achieve anything with this. He just thought it would be funny, which it was. And the story goes that he was, he read in the newspaper after he left that third voicemail, he read in the newspaper that like Mitnick got caught and they were trying to like, the police were trying to link it to the voicemail. And he was like, Oh no, 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 no. I was just getting around. Like, yeah. don't worry about that. Because you got to figure if you're that guy and you see that this guy gets arrested and they're still like thinking, oh, there might be more coming. He's got to start being worried that the, the end yeah. is near, that he's yeah. going to go to jail for this. You know, yeah. so. even though it's not really illegal, but just like they might think he's involved. So. Yeah. But of course, your Kung Fu is the best really hits the popular consciousness. Thanks to the X-Files lone gunman. Yes. Mere years later, it just pops right in there. Yeah, years. I mean, this would have been late 90s, I think, because it was pretty late in the run of the show. Um, there was an episode where the gunman needed to get into a, like, D&D game or something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but some sort of gathering. And the password to get into the room was, your kung fu is the best. And yeah. they, they made him say it. They made yeah. them say it. It's wonderful. It's the greatest. So, like, I think that that was just, that always stuck as, like, this fun popular phrase but like it was already in the culture i think a little bit it was just that those characters are such nerds that like this would be this comic thing to, yeah. to work in nerds but, and like and you know conspiracy theorists and yeah. and you tech know, geniuses like yeah anti-government yeah. like cyber crime i don't know i don't know works works very well yeah i can't think of another <laughs> can you i can't think of any examples of people doing a big public thing like that just for a joke just to no. like i mean i can think of paul like again like an abby hoffman thing where you're doing making a political statement by just screwing around yeah like, where they ran that pig for president in 1968 yeah but i can't think of another example of this with like at the peril of your own going to jail like a real yeah. serious problems i can't think of it like inserting yourself into the middle of a news story just for jokes yeah yeah and he's not like a comedian it's not like you know <laughs> no. I mean, there's lots of things comedians do that are like performative and whatever and for jokes but like yeah. th this is not that like this no. is just i i think it would be funny and i want to screw around like it is pretty remarkable and risky yeah. i would say yeah. <laughs> to, to go i mean look i appreciate his commitment honestly yeah. like but like honestly if this was like the jerky boys or like what was it crank yankers if it was something yeah. like that where you're recording it and you want to send it to your friends, but I don't even get the impression that that's what happened here. Like, I no. think the recordings come from the guy, the guy yeah. who got hacked. He was literally just like, I, uh, the, the guy who did it was literally just like, I wanted to be funny and make fun of Kung Fu movies. And I thought this was a good way to do it. I'm going to mess with this one guy. This can't be true. He must, he must have had something like some other motive here, right? Like, 
All I read about him was that he was a phone hacker. I couldn't find out that he was like, you know, he was doing his his tight five at the comedy cellar on weekends. Yeah. He was just trying to build up a resume of jokes. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. No, I mean, there's not a lot written about him yeah. because I think he was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. no. Just kidding. No, just I don't want to be involved. We should look him up. I wonder if he's got a Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> see, see what he's got. He might be on the Twitter. Maybe rolling out jokes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's funny as we continue on with 1994, how many of these like minor side figures we can be like, I wonder if they're still around and they're still like, do they have a Facebook page? Are they like, you know, putting out content? Do they have, is mean, they have a podcast? I, I do think, oh, Boots, I think he might be your uh, a kindred spirit. There is someone named Zeke Schiff on Facebook. And the last thing that he posted was uh, the digital underground music video, Do What You Like, and wrote R.I.P. Shock G. So This is it. Me and, Z- and Zeke Schiff. He's your guy. He's oh. on LinkedIn. I could, I, could be a, I could LinkedIn connect to him. What is, is he in tech? Uh, I, I, yes. His LinkedIn is like technical expert. R.I.P. Shock G. He does follow Newsmax and Rabbi Donald Trump. So. <laughs> well, that's confusing. <laughs> it is confusing. Newsmax is like a, a hardcore site, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe he's in it for the jokes. I, I, I don't know. I think he might be a Republican. Shit. <laughs> Damn it, Zeke. I can't believe any Republicans are digital underground fans. I don't buy that. <laughs> I don't buy that, that whole logic. Uh, all right. Looking at his LinkedIn. Because I feel like if Holly wants to hoe, Holly should be able to hoe. Where Republicans <laughs> would not agree with that. My, this is my digital underground take. Oh, yeah. No, this is totally this guy. He was a uh, I, I think he owns his own consulting firm now, but previously he was a senior security engineer. He was a senior security analyst at Fannie Mae. Uh, he was a security manager. Yeah, this is totally this guy. Oh, well, we'll you know what? We'll see if we can get him on the show. <laughs> Maybe we could bring him in to discuss discuss his theory of jokes. Um, well, we'll see what we can do. Maybe you can, maybe you, we can, you can hook him up. We can get to him in some roundabout way through LinkedIn. Say that you need work from him. You need some consulting and then hit him with the Kevin Mitnick story. Yes. Tell him his Kung Fu is garbage. Yes. I love this idea. We're going to have a round table for the finale, right? We'll have Ronald Gene Barber. We'll get Zeke in here. Yep. We'll just say like the random figures that we can, we can dig up. Obviously the queen, the queen. Yeah. So I'm hoping for your mom. We're hoping for to get all of these people together all yeah. on one big Zoom call and no one's muted. Yes. Just going to be a, a wild <laughs> Every free time for someone all. mutes, we unmute them. <laughs> That's right. Nope. Nope. You're talking. <laughs> so this was hoaxes and nonsense in 94. I, you, uh, listeners, you tell us. We're, we're getting few ratings on Apple Podcasts, but like, some. shoot us a DM. Yeah. Let we us know what you like we, and what you don't. We've got a fair number of Twitter followers, more, I believe, than people who've actually listened to the show. So I'm a little concerned. Oh, I think they, maybe it might be a scam. I think this might be the Nigerian prince thing, but on Twitter. <laughs> Don't give worried. them money. No, there's a <laughs> lot of Twitter, like podcast Twitters that have like, buy me a cup of coffee. Have you, have you ever seen this? No. And it's, I don't know. It's some other funding website. Like, like, what is it? Like Patreon and, um, yeah. you know, OnlyFans. It's Only something fans? like that. It's something like that. But it's just to give people like five bucks. I think for coffee and like, I always see it and I'm kind of like, eh, that's kind of weird, but like it's something they do. But when you have more followers than you do downloads, ah, maybe that's the goal. I don't know. I don't think that's the goal. I think the goal is more downloads than followers. I don't know. I mean, yeah. that that's, I would hope is what most people are aiming for, but that appears to be our reality. So my, my what I'm curious is, is this a scam for me to buy everyone a cup of coffee? Yeah, probably. 
Probably. Also, should we get an OnlyFans? And show them what? (laughs) Pictures of our microphones. Ooh. I don't think anybody's going to pay for that. (laughs) (laughs) See, you're winking, but this is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No one can see that. (laughs) By microphones, I mean my microphone. (laughs) Winking. It's not a euphemism. No, no. I'm not willing to show them anything else. Nope. Uh, all right. So I guess if you want to buy us a cup of coffee, you got to do it the old fashioned way. So you got to come over to the apartment. There's a Starbucks at the corner. Pop in. Uh, you, I don't even need a coffee. You can get me the, the hot chai latte. <laughs> Same you price. Bring me a cake pop. That's Ooh. So I think that'll be what we put on our Twitter. Instead of yes. buying me a coffee, get me a bouquet of cake pops. <laughs> it's the only thing we'll accept. Maybe people will go for it. I don't know. Maybe we can trick some Nigerian princes into doing it for us. <laughs> They didn't see it coming. Turn the tables. Ha <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I think that about wraps that up. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, yeah. If this is all to your liking, you know, buy us some cake pop. Yeah. We'll talk to you next time. Oh, the outro. Oh, man. This is your big chance. <sighs> you always make me do the outro. Because okay. your outros are always like, goodbye. <laughs> Just say wango. That's all you want. That's all you want to do. Um, um okay. <laughs> pip pip. This is Cheerio. what you like. This is these yeah. are your outros. Go All big right. with the out. Go big. I'm gonna go with the outro. Bye. Oh, that's fine. This has been It Happened One Year. Please take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever they allow ratings. Please follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all relevant social media. Thanks. Oh, my friend. I just want to say, I want to reiterate, it is big joke. It is big. Make fun of Kung Fu movie. Have nothing to do with computer hacking. Nothing. You tell me, do not send them to come and get me. No, do not fly out to come and get me. I'm not worth it. Just make fun of Kung Fu movies. That is it. Thank you.